the Edipe. Um, this is post-production, a podcast about the Lakers and movies. I'm Michael Corvo, uh, Lakers reporter for Clutch Points. I'm Cooper Halpern, a Lakers reporter for Silver Screen and Roll. Cooper is coming from us live uh, from the UCLA campus at the moment. Um, so That's if right. you haven't checked out this, yes, indeed, it looks it looks nice out there. It does. It is. It is nice. I can confirm. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful anyway, day in Westwood. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't checked out the show yet, uh, Cooper and I rely on our shared love of film as a lens through which to discuss Los Angeles Lakers basketball. Um, for our first couple of episodes, we focused on two satirical comedies, Zoolander and This is Spinal Tap. You can check those out on our feed. Um, but because it's spooky season, of course, uh, both in the world and for the Lakers, we thought we'd go back to another classic, arguably a, another satirical comedy, uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out, um, of course, is directorial debut from 2017. Um, I think we all know it. (laughs) Uh, Now, Get Out is perfect for a host of reasons, um, and we'll get into some specifics. Um, But overall, the movie seamlessly blends comedy and horror, which can also be said about the 2022-23 Lakers so far. Um, Oh, God, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Who are so far. um, They're, of course, 0-3 and face a tough schedule ahead, um, including a game tonight in Denver, which may not feature Russell Westbrook, um, who's dappled with a hamstring injury. We'll talk about that. Um, Needless to say, um, the first three games of the Lakers season have not gone as planned. The vibes have been off, a little bit like the house and get out. Um, But they have been defined by, I would say, excellent defense, strong play from LeBron and AD, and, of course, all the Westbrook drama on and off the court. Um, so before we, we're going to talk about Russ for most of this episode, um, and I promise we didn't just pick this movie because it's called Get Out. <laughs> um, but <laughs> on that note, um, well, first of all, Cooper, what is your, briefly, what is your kind of relationship to Get Out? Um, broadly, I think it's one of my favorite movies. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's one of the best theater experiences I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um you know, being hyped coming in, but not knowing um, exactly what I was getting myself into. I saw it in San Francisco, um, and it was just a very packed, energetic theater that was all really invested in the movie. Um, and it's great; it's really great. Uh, I've seen it a few times. It, it still is great. Um, yeah, it blends a lot of genres together. It's it's paced really well. I'm a big Jordan Poole fan. I feel like I might be a little bit higher on on the next two movies that he made than than critical consensus. But um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a huge fan. I love the movie. Is your you, you said Jordan Poole by accident? Do you have more stock in Jordan Poole or Jordan? I mean, <laughs> I mean, feel. I mean, feel. I do this all the time for both of them, and it's really frustrating. I don't know oh, how to like right. get it inside names, my brain lot- properly. A lot, lot of potential in yeah. both of them. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I actually missed out. We'll talk about Lakers right now, but I actually missed out on the theater. I, I've heard from everybody that it was like one of the all-time great theater experiences. Oh, man. Get out. And yeah. there's a bunch of moments where I'm sure I can see, I can envision theaters going crazy. Uh, the tea and the keys and all these stuff, all the stuff. Um, I, I was, yeah, I was I'm sure sort that. of a whip about, I'm like a whip about horror movies. So, and I didn't really like know what it was. So I just didn't go. And then I watched it for the first time, you know, whenever it was first available on whatever streaming, I watched it just like in my bed at night with, you know, on my laptop, like, you know, and I kind of, you know, that was pretty cool. I mean, I really like locked in. Um, And then I've seen it like four times since. Yeah, it really is like stunning. Um, As you said, the pacing, the way they set. Yeah, go ahead. 
I was a big Key and Peele fan, obviously. So I was like, I got to yeah. check this out. Like, I was just, I was just going to see it no matter what it was. Um, and went to the theater and like, the t- the when he pulls up in the cop car like that is a, that is probably the most relief I've felt in a in a yeah. movie theater ever. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm I really enjoyed it. And then just as a side note, I also really loved Nope. Although I know not everybody did, but I I really liked it. Yeah, I was a fan. Um, yeah, I mean, Get Out is so brilliant. The way the way that he uses like a limited budget to like. Tell, tell that story. I mean, the way that he sets up certain details and like, you know, Catherine Keener is drinking like an iced tea early in the movie or just the way that like when they drive in, you just kind of see the groundskeeper like this. The, it's it's perfectly paced. It's really mm-hmm. funny. Um, I don't know. Everything is everything is everything is pretty brilliant. Um, so anyway, let's talk about some of the parallels with the Lakers here now. Yeah. Um, bear with me for a second. Um, I'm going to say some stuff and then we're going to talk about Russ. Um, okay. So. Get out. We begin uh, with a brilliant paranoid scene of kind of a paranoid thriller scene of Lucky Stanfield's character being pursued by a vehicle. Um, and then, you know, I, we jump forward. Things seem to be all smooth sailing with Chris and Allison Williams. He, Chris played by Dana Kaluuya, uh, Rose played by Allison Williams. And then they hit a deer on the road, which kind of was like the rust trade to me. Like the Lakers were <laughs> smooth sailing with LeBron and AD. Uh, until they hit that proverbial deer, that was the rust trade. Um, anyway, let, let, let's get to the sunken place here, which the Lakers, specifically Russ, oh, may yikes. find themselves in. Um, Catherine Keener's character, Missy, uh, successfully at first hypnotizes Chris into the sunken place to cure him of smoking. Um, I'm going to quit, I promise, right. Chris said. Which, basically, Russ, Russ maybe should... Uh, Take that off, you know. I'm going to quit. I promise is what the Lakers want to hear Russ say about mid-range jumpers. Um, Chris, Chris does stop smoking, uh, and before the sunken place, he goes down there. Where in the sunken place, one is alive but powerless and marginalized, which also is kind of Russell Westbrook. Like he's still alive, he's but he's maybe a little bit marginalized. Um, and watching this movie through a basketball lens, I just feel like Darvin Ham really needs that tea. <laughs> to uh, maybe maybe hypnotize Russ a little bit into kind of uh, doing doing what the team asked for. Um, there's also a moment where uh, well, I think the, the best scene in the movie is when Betty Gabriel, uh, who plays uh, the housekeeper, uh, uh, it's a scene with her face where she tells Daniel Kaluuya um, that she, uh, what is it, like... Did something with his iPhone, like she like took it and whatever she does with it, and and there's a scene where she goes like no 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 no, which I feel yeah, like is what yeah. everybody in crypto screamed when Russ was gonna pull up for that two for one mid range jumper. Um, yeah. Anyway, so there, there's a few other things we can run through, but let, let's talk, let's talk about Westbrook because we don't have much time. What do you, you so he's after two tough games to the clip against the Clippers and Blazers. Obviously, he was 0 for 11 against the Clippers, pretty good defense. Then against the Blazers, struggled again, kind of cost them the game in crunch time, uh, took a couple bad shots, whatever. Now he's doubtful for uh, the Denver game with hamstring soreness, which has flared up again. Um, let's, put, let's put the timing and my personal thoughts on that aside. What do you think the Lakers should do with Russ right now? I mean, it's the same conversation we've had over and over, 
but it feels like it's kind of at a really like a, it's kind of more dire than ever. Um, the vibes are just terrible. The, it feels very toxic still. The Lakers are 0-3. He's, he's really, really struggling on the court. Um, we've got this hamstring thing. It seems like it's a, even a bigger distraction than it was last year. Um, if the Lakers wait, you know, till Thanksgiving or 20, 30 games to trade him, you know, they could be out of the playoff hunt by then. Or, and, you know, Bron only has so many years left. Um, how are you feeling at this moment about what the Lakers should do with him? Should they tell him, should they trade him? Should they trade him now? Should they trade him in a few weeks? Should they just bench him? Should they try to continue starting him? Or should they, or should they just say, get out and just send him home? Yeah, so I think they should at least bench him and limit him to exclusively uh, bench unit minutes against, um, against backups. Uh, and maybe, you know, 15 minutes a game type of situation. Um, I think that's the bare minimum they need to do. I think he's uh, maybe the most detrimental player in the NBA and maybe one of the more detrimental players to winning um, I've really ever seen. I I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like where it is right now in terms of somebody driving losing away from winning. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's really, really, really bad. Um, his shooting splits right now, I think, are like 28, 8, and 80 eight. for some reason. He's shooting 80% from the free throw line. Um, but, yeah, he's shooting 8% on threes, of which he's taking at least a handful of game per game. Um, it's really bad. Um, I think they need to send him home uh, if, they're not, if they're not able to do this sort of like dozen minutes a game and they can't work him into, into a very, very small role. But I think part of what's what's preventing that from happening is Darvin Ham has this really, really like impressive confidence and command of a room. And with that, I, I feel like it's probably hard for him to just admit, like, okay, I I can no longer get this player to buy in. I can't I can't win this guy over. I can't get him to work for me. Like he's actually lost cause. And so I feel like Ham probably sold himself the Lakers players and the organization on the idea of like making it work with Westbrook. And that's just proving to be impossible. And so I think it's probably really hard for him to fold and just be like, yeah, you know what? I, I can't win with this guy. It doesn't work. And just, I mean, there's a sunk cost fallacy here where it's like, we know this is place fallacy. Yeah. Oh, sunken place fallacy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But like, sometimes you just got to cut your losses and you're not going to, be better off just trying to keep doing doing the wrong thing um so yeah and then i also think they need to wait actually on a trade i don't think it's time to make a trade i think whatever you know 40-ish games post trade deadline um or thereabouts is a lot of time to make up ground in the playoff race if your team is really good especially with how competitive the league is this year i don't think teams are going to be running away with like really I think, I think it's going to be like a tightly packed group, kind of like the East was for a lot of last year. Um, and so I think it'll be possible to sort of claw your way back into a playoff race with a more competitive roster. That is, unless you're just losing every game because you're just seeding like six to ten points because of how you're deploying Russell Westbrook regularly. But I think if, if they wait longer till 
and I'm I'm half joking here, but I'm only half joking. Like if they wait longer, like is there a better stealth tank weapon than Russell Westbrook? Like he may have his own value as a as an intentional tanking player. Like if the Jazz are like 22 and 17, and then they need to lose some games, like roll Russell Westbrook out there. Like he will ensure that you aren't good. So I think like there's almost like a backwards value to, especially when probably the most valuable asset in the league this year is a 20 is a 19% chance of landing Victor Wembanyama. Like, I think that's probably the number one most valuable asset. And if Westbrook actually drives that value, like, or value, like drives a better chance of acquiring the most valuable thing you can have in the league, then like, Maybe he's a maybe he's a positive value player in a in a backwards kind of evil way. I don't know. Yeah, it's the it's the rare case of he's valuable because he's bad, <laughs> which is like <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> not um, where you is... want to be. Maybe that's the sunken place. I think that's actually the sunken place of the NBA, where you're you're playing a bad player so that you can be worse, so that you can get yeah. a better player. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I, so I think I think they um they for sure need to send him. I think it's fine if they want to try to bench him first. And see if he'll embrace and not embrace it, but do it. Um, I just I, I have no confidence that he will. Um, I think he's going to react to that as poorly as everybody fears that he will. Um, and so they can try has. it. Yeah, and already has. And you know, there's yeah. Um, and and so I so they can try it. You know, I think I think you're right that Darvin Ham partially sold the Lakers or was hired on his ability to like hold players accountable and have players buy in. And part of that was obviously Russ. Um, and Ham already said, like, I don't care about feelings. So now that he said that, it's on him to just do it. Like, he is the coach. He yeah. can just do it. Uh, I know Put there's a lot of politics at play. Yeah, but he, he can do it. Um, and I think he will try, and we'll see how that goes. I assume it won't go well just because I think, like, so much of it is, like, again, we talk about it get out when they pull up to the house and Daniel Kaluuya is getting the tour. And you could just sense something's off. And I feel like even before we actually know what it is, and I feel like, you know, everything's cordial and whatever, but it's obviously the filmmaking is good and it's obviously eerie and weird. Um, and I just feel like that's kind of, even if Russ comes off the bench and does plays his minutes, whatever, there's, it's still just going to be that way because he's not going to enjoy it. Um, so I think they do have to send him home pretty soon. Um, I think a big question with sending him home is, A, what you said about Ham, but also Jeannie Buss, just because she's so committed to having the Lakers brand be associated with, uh, the place where stars thrive, you know, whether it's Matt, you know, Matt giving, and so was her dad, you know, like giving magic 25 year contract, you know, making, getting Shaq and Kobe overpaying Kobe at the end, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I feel like it's kind of hard for her to maybe accept that this star came to LA, especially a guy from LA and it was just a disaster. Um, so we'll see if she, I mean, I don't know that for a fact, I'm just sort of speculating that that might be, she might be resistant to it. Um, but I do think they need to send him home. And then in terms of trading him, you know, once you send him home, like, you, you know, you can either, you know, you, you can take your time because he's not on the team anyway. Um, so exactly. you, you can wait yeah. to the deadline or whatever. You're not just like compiling losses while he's out there playing. I'm actually increasingly, and so they can do that. And then if a great offer comes fine, I'm sort of increasingly of the belief that they actually should send him. The best option is to send him home for the whole season and not trade him at all mm. um 
because I just don't think any of the like return packages they could get are going to really like, all you're doing is getting okay players and probably taking on long-term salary. And like, you know, is Terry Rozier or even Miles and Buddy, I mean, are those guys really, or like the jazz guys, like the veterans, are those guys really going to like move the needle that much on your franchise? And they, you know, they, they take, you take on long-term money. The Lakers might be really bad towards the end of this decade. Those picks could be really valuable. And I'm just thinking like the best, the Lake, I feel like the internal improvement that the Lakers w- will have or enjoy just by getting rid of Russ is probably as dramatic as anybody they could bring in. Like they're just going to be instantly a way better team without him for a bunch of reasons. And if you, you can just improve just by doing that and you still hang on to the picks and you hang on to the $47 million expiring contract that then allows you that you can clear off your books and, you know, in the summer. Um, so I'm sort of increased, like, unless a team was like, here's a way to get DeMar DeRozan, or, you know, unless there was like, or Bradley Beal, or there was a way to like really all of a sudden get a star. I just don't, which yeah. I don't really envision, maybe <clears throat> it's possible. But I I just don't think like chaining for Josh Richard, Richardson is worth. Yeah, no, that's crazy. First round that's picks crazy. and $50 million in cap space. Like the cap space thing yeah. next summer is so important, you know, to, um, so I don't know. I'm sort of, I think they should send him home for sure. And then if a great trade comes along, fine. And if it doesn't, like, just let him chill and let the contract. Yeah, I think books. it's it's super important that they send him home. Um, because yeah. I, and we should I don't say, think like, you can we're, we're around the team a lot. We're around the team a lot. Like, it's it's very palpable in the room post-game and stuff. Like, how, how much he's dragging it all down. Not just him, but the situation. Yeah, like, the situation, yeah. I mean, it's... It's everybody's fault. Um, they mm. opted into this. They asked to trade yeah. for him, but it is, but it is what it is right now. He's very bad. He cost them a loss, maybe two. Um, they're zero and three. LeBron and AD were fucking pissed after their game, uh, after the loss to the Blazers. AD was more upset than I think I've ever seen him after a game. And this is the yeah. third game of the season, so they feel. I, I my personal feeling was that they were like, "This is no good." And so, speaking to that genie idea, like, if, if those guys, and especially LeBron, like, that's the relationship that genie needs to protect, right? Like, the Lakers-LeBron relationship, that's the most important thing that the Lakers can do for their brand for the next 10, 20, 50, 100 years is to make LeBron a Laker lifer. Like, make LeBron, when, when LeBron owns another team, and or, or, and or when he's on you know, whatever studio show like Magic is or whatever he chooses to do. He talks about, you know, with fondness about his Lakers years and sort of roots for them openly and like the way Shaq does in, in, in the, you know, in a TNT show or whatever. Not that really LeBron would necessarily go and do that, but like a a permanent and public association with the Lakers for LeBron would be the best thing that the Lakers could get out of their relationship with him. Um, And so I think, yeah, having stars thrive in LA is important, but not at the expense of your relationship with the other most important star you've ever had in, you know, not ever, maybe, but since Kobe. Um, so, like, if this is now becoming a wedge between between their relationship with LeBron, that's gonna, that has to be the, the final straw, right? And so it was it was in service to him that they went and got him, and now it's it's becoming an impediment to maintaining that. I think also just like. Like you were saying, like the vibes are bad. The way that he, if you go back and look at the play right before the jump shot that he takes, 
I thought that was, you know, as characteristic and, and telling of like what's not working there. Um, the play right before he has the ball, he passes it to AD, AD looks at him, and Westbrook literally just sort of shrugs. <laughs> He's supposed to go set a screen for, I think it's Lonnie who's standing in the corner. But, like, he doesn't do it. He just sort of, like, shuffles off to the side. And he's, like, dejected, like, why don't I have the ball kind of vibes. But that's not basketball. That's not – I mean, it's not professional basketball anywhere. It's not NBA basketball. It's not Laker basketball. Uh, And then the ball gets swung back to the top. Uh, I think LeBron's just sort of watching. And then it gets kicked in the corner. And it ends up being, like, a Patrick Beverly step back three with two guys standing next to him, like, all bunched on on the right side of the floor. Like, the unwillingness or just lack of knowledge or I, I don't know why I can't speak to his, his mental state, but like whatever is going on that's causing him to do that on the floor is like, you can't play, you just can't play basketball. like that. It's just not basketball. It's killing the vibe. It makes everybody feel like they suck as a team, no matter how hard they try and, and how much work they put in in the off season or whatever. And like, they're grinding on defense right now. And that's going to stop if, if, this, you know, that kind of on-court presence continues because why would I play that hard on defense if we're going to lose anyways because of of just an inability to execute on the other end. So if the Lakers want to, like, build on the, on the real foundation that they seem to have thrown in there with, like, some legitimate defense and not have it erode before it starts to matter, like, they need to take care of business and, and probably get him out of the team now. The other thing is Russ has become kind of like, and I feel bad for him in some ways, but it's, he's almost, he's really being kind of embarrassed out there. Like he, I mean, the, I mean, it's, it's tough when at, on his, we've talked about this, but at crypto, every time he shoots, everybody groans, but it's also like just a way that now two teams so far, the Clippers and the Blazers have just put their sort of slow hulking centers on him in crunch time and not even put them on him. Just, sort of matched him up with them up with him, except that they just completely sag off and give Russ They're giving all the him the, in the world. Do you remember the Grizzlies Warriors playoff series where the Grizzlies were up two one? Um the Tony Allen thing? It, the Tony Allen thing. And then the yeah, and the Warriors yeah. were like, screw it, we'll put Andrew Bogut on Tony Allen. Yeah. And then they yeah. won the series. Like that's what's happening every single night. It's, and he's not and, Tony and, Allen on defense. And but then you see like the opposing bench like starting to laugh when they can tell that Russ is going to shoot, um, and and even after the game like ch- coaches like Chauncey Billups it was just like yeah like we wanted to leave Russ open like they're just like completely like straightforward. I don't even about, think like, it's like a, it's like it's like past the point of we're trying to disrespect this guy like it's not like what it was last year with like Pat Bev which is, I mean, still bizarre that he's yeah. on the same team as him, but, like, it's yeah, not what was happening against the Timberwolves last year it, where, like, they were clowning him. It's literally just, like, the most effective thing for us to do right now is to not guard him. It's not a disrespect. Like, it's almost like we've embarrassed him so much that teams sort of feel bad, but they're going to play to win, and the best thing that they can do is to leave him entirely unguarded. Right. I mean, it's like, I mean, yeah, it's not like the Kings playing cold as ice, or it's more like Frank Vogel exactly. last year when Frank Vogel benched him in crunch time the first time, and he was just like, just playing the guys who I thought we could who would help us win. Like it's just it's you know it's past the point. Nobody's trying to disrespect him, and they're just they're just like he can't shoot, so we're not going to guard him. Um, right. And and yeah, so the whole thing is tough. Um, a couple other also just, semi yeah, yeah semi breaking news. 
uh, he remains doubtful for tonight is the update, okay. I would assume, as of Ham's shoot-around presser. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so a few other, just a few other um, get-out things before we get out of here. Um, first of all, G, G, uh, you know, of course, the classic line, Bradley Whitford, um, I would, I'd vote for Obama for a third time. I feel like that's, that's Genie with like, I, I'd extend Palinka for a third time, no matter what. Uh, well, I, yeah, I think one, one of the two so far has a better legacy than the other, but, uh, uh-huh. but that's, but yes, I guess that's, so. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. I'm, yeah, I, I think uh, one of those job performances better than the other. Um, also, Bradley Whitford in that scene when he's kind of taking uh, Kaluuya around the house, um, sort of obviously he's lying, but he's they pass the groundskeeper and the housekeeper, and he's like that he says that he hates to hire his parents' employees because he hates how it looks, which mm. you know. <laughs> Maybe yeah. some Lakers front office parallels there. You also mentioned AD and LeBron kind of reacting to Russ, um, some of his decisions on the court. There's a moment when when Chris is getting the tour and he kind of sees um, the housekeeper whose George, name her name is Georgina, and they just have this like tacit like skeptical look that they give one another. That I think that happens a few times in the movie where there's just like where the two of them are sort of on one wavelength and they're kind of like what's happening here, which I feel like we see that with like LeBron and AD oftentimes in a game where they'll just look at each other or be like, what is this dude doing? <laughs> and like, what is happening here? Um, also, I feel like apparently Russ wants to be traded. So the idea of like the La- like the Lakers not trading him is like, you know, I can't give you the keys <laughs> or whatever. Or else, or maybe like <laughs> Russ wants to like run the offense and Darwin like, you know, I can't give you the keys to the offense or something <laughs> like that. Maybe I'm reaching here. Um, Lil Ray Howry is the is the Lonnie Walker of this movie, for sure. Um, just he's uh, a, a bright spot of comic relief. Lonnie Walker's not comic relief, but he is the kind of like coming off the bench and just providing a spark, um, which you know, improving the vibe. Um, and uh, I don't know. That's that's about it. Um, I mean, there's other things I have about the movie itself, but. Um, forgot how good of a song Redbone was. I hadn't heard it in a moment. Mm. Um, yeah, with the shining LeBron, intro. Which is a, yeah, yeah, that's a power move. Very, like, if you're gonna make a horror movie and you open it with the shot from The Shining, that's a choice. That's a choice. Yeah, it's, it's very confident. Yeah, I mean, this movie is a big homage to ha- Halloween and The Shining. Um, yeah. The other LeBron also. This is a. This was like one of Blumhouse's like first big hits. LeBron apparently huge Blumhouse guy. Um, he had a tweet uh, a few weeks ago about the new Halloween movie, and and he went back and forth on Twitter with Jason Blum, being like, "I'll watch anything with the Blumhouse logo on it." Um, I just noticed that <laughs> it was random. Um, and yeah, I guess do you watch more Blumhouse movies or Liverpool games? Do we think? <laughs> I think I think Blumhouse movies because he's seen probably two of them because he's probably seen <laughs> Get Out and like two Halloween movies. Um, okay. Actually, I think he is a big horror movie guy because, and like, is a huge Halloween guy, LeBron. Like, not like, he like the holiday. In addition stuff, to yeah. the the movies, yeah. Um, I, I also and, uh, I feel like we should at least just throw this out there as two white guys just ripping on on get out, riffing on on get out. Like, there's obviously some pretty powerful like racial metaphors going on, and I just don't want to even 
half imply that we're making that parallel to the Lakers. So just just throwing that out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, it's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like when you that's it's kind of like when you rip Russell Westbrook, criticize him. You have to be like, this is not about him as a person. Like, this is purely basketball. Which yeah, is like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because you know that that's what like Stephen A. Every day on first take is just like, just like <laughs> I gotta say this again. Like, he's a good brother. Like, he's he's a great dad. All that stuff. He just can't shoot. You know, <laughs> yeah. Is, you know. I mean, like Kendrick Perkins did a whole thing. He like named every possible person in Westbrook's family, like by name. And he's like, I know all of you and like all of you, but you gotta go. But yeah, no, no. Just we're not. We're definitely not suggesting uh, any of the you know really like interesting and and uh, potent sunken place discussion of of uh, racial identity in America or racial politics in America. Just there's yeah, a, there's a lot of literature out there on get out that I don't feel like maybe we are uh, even the most well-equipped to, to have the best thoughts on. So that stuff exists. And this is not that that's all. I'm saying. No, these are very service level, silly parallels to the, the, the yes. Los Angeles Lakers. Um, 100%. And, and on that note, I mean, I don't have anything else. Um, any, do you have any other, any thoughts on the either the movie or the, the the state of the Lakers? Anything you want to mention? Um, no, I'm looking forward to tonight. I think uh, it'll be a good test. Um, they have a and, tough schedule coming I, up. This is this is tricky. Yeah, I think I think they can win tonight. I think they have a legit defense, and I think they can play good offense with just normal role players next to LeBron AD, since that's been a thing for a while now. I think if um, I think Troy Brown will start and should start, but who knows? I don't know anything, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess Russell Westbrook, if he doesn't play tonight, that probably increases their chances of, of, right. of you know, of winning. Um, and uh, yeah, you mentioned Troy Brown Jr. You can go out on that. I think I thought he was like really good, even though he only yeah. scored four points on Sunday. But I think it was like really obvious the little ways in which he can contribute. He seems when he talks, he's like very specific about like. Um, you know, just being kind of a piece to the puzzle and like, whether it's like, and just sort of filling in the gray areas of the game, like whether it's, you know, he had a few nice cuts and he was screening and he's hustling and does all that stuff that like, want Toscano Anderson, like embraces, Austin Reeves does that stuff. And I feel like that's going to be a big difference from the team last year is just having like multiple guys like that who are willing to kind of do the role player thing. Um, which, Extend the you know, advantage, right? Oh. LeBron creates the advantage. AD finishes it off. You need some pieces in the middle there sometimes to get the ball in the right place or keep the spacing open or whatever. So yeah. they're not they're not complicated roles, but they do need to be filled adequately and for for to have a real basketball team. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think, think he's going to have the real basketball best. team there this year. Yeah, I think yeah, you get Russ out of there and suddenly you have a bunch of good defenders. You got more versatility, more spacing, all that stuff, uh, and and better vibes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Well, well, we did it. We talked it out. We talked the Lakers. Um, we'll see how the game goes tonight, and we'll uh, we'll 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 figure out a movie for for the next episode. I like the plan. All right. Talk soon. Yep. <laughs>